here we are showing up wholeheartedly vulnerable and empowered. This is Pocket Amy. Hello, everyone. I fashioned myself quite the bibliophile. I'm known for being in the middle of several books at one time. I will sometimes pile books up in the bed so high that when Bruce comes to bed, he has to move a pile of books before he can even get in. So I have a lot of books that I love and that I love to recommend to people. But it's quite rare for a book to stick with me for a long time because a lot of times I'm just consuming new material and moving on. But I want to talk today about a book that made such an impression on me that I reference it all the time, especially when I am talking to people about grief. Lauren Winner wrote a book entitled Mudhouse Sabbath. It was named after the coffee shop that she would sit and write in. So again, Mudhouse Sabbath, an invitation to a Life of Spiritual Discipline by Lauren F. Winner. And I remember reading her book, Girl Meets God, first. Highly, highly, highly recommend Girl Meets God. I also absolutely adore her book called Wearing God because I love to tell people, hello, my name is Amy Willman and I'm addicted to metaphors. So if you really love metaphors and symbolism and rich literary uh, and poetic um, things like that, her book Wearing God is all about these beautiful metaphors for God that are kind of overlooked. They're less discussed or talked about than, than some of the other typical and traditional metaphors for God, but they're found in scripture, like God as a beekeeper and, and God as a mother hen. So that's a teaser for that one. But Mudhouse Sabbath is, is a small little book of essays that she wrote in the middle of her writing career. She's still, hopefully she's still in the middle of her writing career. I love reading her books. But this book, Mudhouse Sabbath was written after her conversion from Orthodox Judaism to Christianity. And after Lauren converted from being deeply immersed culturally, family, friends, everything about her life immersed in Orthodox Judaism to a life as a follower of Jesus. Lauren found that her life had been indelibly marked by all of those beautiful Jewish, rich traditions and all of the amazing spiritual practices of Judaism. So basically, she set out to discover how she could incorporate some of those practices into her new faith. And one of the things that was noticeable is though she had fallen head over heels in love with Jesus... She was noticing some of those rich traditions missing from her life that she had enjoyed previously. So she discusses in each one of those essays a different practice, 
or tradition that she missed and compared it to maybe the Christian counterpart or the fact that there was no Christian counterpart. So she covers topics like attentive eating, marking the days while grieving, the community that supports a marriage, candle lighting, or even the difference between her Jewish Sabbath and a Sunday spent at the Mud House, her favorite coffee shop. So with this beautiful, appealing, honesty, and rare insight, one of the reviews says, she, she digs into all of these topics. And I specifically remember reading her essay on grief and being profoundly moved and changed. I like to use the word prescription because basically what Lauren unpacks in that chapter is this beautiful prescription that Yahweh gave to his children to observe during a time of grief. I thought how beautiful that the God of Israel would say, when calamity strikes, when you lose a loved one, I want you to attend to the grief process basically as if it were your job. Here's what I want you to do first. Here's what I want you to do second. Here's what I want you to do next. Here's what I want to make sure you don't neglect during this profound season of loss. And it's almost as if God is saying, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll miss this. You'll miss this opportunity to be healthy and to grieve well. So he gives... A lot of instructions here. So I would love to just recommend this beautiful book, Mudhouse Sabbath by Lauren F. Winter. I would love to recommend especially the chapter on grieving. But a few highlights that have stuck with me after all of these years is that Lauren describes how God asks the nation of Israel and all of the individuals in it to observe a grieving process, to press into it, to attend to it in intentional ways that sort of sounds paradoxical at first because there's all these portions of the directives that are about you don't have to do this and you don't have to do that. You can go seven days without bathing. You can definitely disengage from the social events. You don't even, you know, have to go to synagogue or temple to any of the worship services. And then even after 30 days, after you return to worship services, you you actually are not supposed to stay for any of the fellowship. What us Christians in the 21st century would say, you don't have to stay for the potluck in the fellowship hall afterwards. <laughs> so God is basically telling them, make sure that you unplug and you pull back and you don't put any pressure on yourself to fake it till you make it. Don't even bathe. Don't even go to worship. And when you do go to worship, don't worry about staying after for fellowship because I don't want you to have to have any of that performance pressure on you. But then at the very same time, God asks the the individuals who have lost a loved one who are observing a grief period to surround themselves with a quorum of people who will help them observe 
and recite these beautiful prayers of God's sovereignty and to grieve in this small group of empathic witnesses. So basically, it's like he's saying, unplug, be a hermit, stay home, don't pressure yourself to do all the social stuff. But lest ye think I'm telling you to be completely isolated, I want you to simultaneously attend to having a quorum or a group of 10 people who will be with you, who will sit with you and be empathic witnesses to your grief. And they will even enter into these beautiful ceremonial prayers, these memorials, these one-year anniversary. Let's, let's celebrate this person's life and let's observe our grief in an intentional way every year on this anniversary of their death. And I thought, once again, here is our beautiful, nuanced God who loves to say way more than we feel comfortable with sometimes. It depends. Sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. Holding things in tension, making sure that we're not going from one extreme to the other, but sitting in the mystery sitting in the paradox, walking on that tightrope of both and instead of either or. And I'm just exceptionally grateful today that our Heavenly Father invites us into that kind of balance. That he's saying, when you're grieving, I actually want you to remove that pressure take off all of those expectations like shedding a coat and leaving it behind I'm actually going to prescribe that you pull back and that you authentically attend to your grief and you don't have to put on a happy face and go to the cocktail parties but at the same time he provides in that very same prescription for grief, the mandate that we surround ourselves with really trusted empathic witnesses who will sit Shiva with us. I'm praying for you today. If you've lost a loved one, if you've suffered any kind of loss that has you grieving today, you serve a God who creates so much space and intention around that. May the God of all comfort be your wraparound comfort today. Amen.